Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Hey crew, sorry for the scheduling break. Things have been absolutely insane around here. I think I mentioned before that Lindsay and I have both been slammed with rescheduling so many of our spring and summer weddings because of the pandemic, and we don't have our editing interns, and I'm homeschooling my four-year-old, so my editing time is pretty slim as it is. All that being said, we've continued to interview experts from around the country and around the globe, and I've restructured my days to give myself more editing time. So for the next few weeks, we're going to release a couple of episodes each week to get back on track with our publishing timeline. And speaking of experts, today we're talking to Ryan Klutz of A Mindful Bride. She helps brides reduce stress and shift the focus to planning their epic love story. Ryan and I talked about how folks tend to stress on the wedding, the wedding, the wedding, and forget about how important it is to plan their marriage as well. Because really, the wedding is only the first step in that amazing journey that's going to be the rest of your lives together. So she brought a ton of tips and strategies to reduce the stress and help to refocus on what's really important about your relationship. Ryan is a former wedding stationer turned bridal empowerment educator. She believes that marriage should be an adventure and not just the start of settling down. Married for 13 years, she and her husband have two young daughters and a mini golden doodle puppy. Together, they've hopped around the country living their life the way they want to. Um, so in the email, he said, I promise to always make you as happy as you make me. And he was just right. saying, like, you make me so happy. Like, I just always want to make you as happy as I can. And mm -hmm. I, every time I got upset with him in my head, I was like, he promised that he was going to make me happy and he is not making me happy right now. Ooh. You know, and I went there every <laughs> time we had an argument and it was toxic. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, like it was not good. And it was really hard for me to let go of that and understand it's mm. not his job to make me happy. It's my job to make me happy. But right. each of us making ourselves happy, we can be happy together. Right. I mean, there's an element of of putting the health of the relationship above selfish things. There's certainly an element of that. But I always, when I see couples and I help them write their vows and they say, I promise to make you, to make you smile every day. I'm like, nah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't you're, you're, you're going to break that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, say, that. I say, I say, you know, you can promise to try. You can promise mm. to, to make every effort and you can promise to do, you know, every, you know, every reasonable thing, but don't, you know, don't don't set expectations too high, which sounds bad, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to because it, it, you don't want people to you want them to stay excited about getting married because it is something to be excited mm -hmm. about. But you also want them to go into it with realistic expectations of like, you know, sometimes yes. it's going to be upset with each other. And yeah, I heard someone say just a few months ago on a, maybe a podcast somewhere that, you know, there's a sentiment of don't go to bed angry. And mm -hmm. he said, go to bed angry if you have to. He's, don't feel like you have to solve it right then if it's not something right. that you're going to solve. You're not going to solve it while you're tired. Right. And um, and I, that really struck me because I, that's something that at one point I was doing was I, you know, if we were having a tough argument, I'd want to stay up 
until it was over mm-hmm. and he didn't want to. And so that caused even, you know, even more of a, an issue. And mm-hmm. so when I heard that, I thought, oh yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Why would you try to come up with a solution to your problem while your, your brain is <laughs> shutting down? <laughs> You're exhausted. Right? Yeah. Exactly. It makes no sense to try and like, let's knock it out while we're completely exhausted. No. Yeah. Terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, from the from the biology of just you know the human animals that we are, we know that you are you're not gonna be making the best choices, making the best decisions, saying the most beneficial things to each other at that point. Yeah. So absolutely. But I no, I love this the talking about the planning the marriage instead of the wedding. I love talking about the the expectations of the marriage and and the I I can't remember if you said it before we were recording or or not, but talking about putting so much stress stress and pressure just on the wedding and not the marriage, you're putting all of your eggs in one basket for your expectations. Yeah. And I think that's where the heartbreak comes of what's going on right now. I think so many brides in particular had such a chokehold on their wedding without realizing it because it's wrapped in excitement. Mm -hmm. You know, you're excited about your big day. You're going to have all the all eyes are on you. You get all the attention. You get to pick exactly how you want everything to be and how you want it to go. And then Mm -hmm. the rug gets ripped out from underneath you by a global pandemic. And you can't, you, you have to change your date, which means that a lot of the planning that went into it, even if every vendor is available and, and everything can be moved to a new date, Mm-hmm. You still are further away from your day than you thought you were. A lot of times brides have countdowns, you know, on a calendar on their wall, yeah. on a calendar on a website. The front of your phone. Yeah. And the act of having to change it and it becoming a longer wait mm-hmm. is really stressful. Yeah. And if there's a shift to, yes, I really am excited about the wedding and that's, that's great. I, yeah. Weddings are amazing, but. I think if there was a simultaneous focus on the marriage itself, the stress of whatever is going on in wedding planning, whether it's a global pandemic making you have to shift every single piece of it, or if it's just, you know, Aunt Jane wants you to wear a super ugly wedding dress and you're having an argument <laughs> with her, you don't want to do that. You know, at all the levels, they would all go down if you always had in the back of your mind, I get to be married to my person. And we're going to create a beautiful life together. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Because it is, it is all wrapped up in one big ball of emotion. It is one big knot. And it's it's yeah. kind of impossible to separate that. I shouldn't say impossible. It's difficult to separate the stress from the excitement, from the anticipation. And all of those different areas are, are also bundled so tightly that, I mean, how do you how do you start to pick that apart? I mean, is it is it through mindfulness? I mean, what is it? What do you do? So, yeah, it is really hard to pick it apart. And also, it's not just the pressure that brides and couples put on themselves. It's outside Mm -hmm. pressure as well. You have family members and friends asking, what are you doing for this? Or what are you doing for that? Or, hey, you know what? I don't want you to do this. And I don't like that you've picked that. And uh, weddings and babies are two topics where everyone feels like you just want to hear their opinion. (laughs) It's actually the two places where you don't want to hear anyone's opinion ever, but for Mm -hmm. some reason, 
people are like, let me tell you what I think. And you're just going to listen to it. And you're going to also do what I say, not just listen to what I say. I Mm -hmm. want you to do it. And as well intentioned as that might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, I I don't want to get into too many details, but I had someone tell me that they didn't want me to get the dress that I picked. They liked a different dress. And I was just like, but I was actually confused by that. I I was like, but I, that I like this dress. I'm, I'm getting married. Like what? Your dress. Yeah. And so there's, there's all sorts of stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's so much of that outside opinions constantly coming at you when you're trying to plan your wedding, but nobody really asks you, what do you want to do together once you're married? What, what's, what are you looking at for your, what your life could be like together? And so bringing it right. back around to that mindfulness aspect, I start with self-care mm-hmm. because this is a perfect opportunity when you have so many people coming at you with requests and questions and opinions. It's the perfect time to learn how to take care of yourself and mm-hmm. how to block out what's going on around you so that you can focus on what you need to focus on. And it's also a great time to delegate if you need to, because you do have a lot of people around you that want to help, but maybe they just don't know what kind of help you need, which is another part of self-care is figuring out, okay, what could I use help with and who can I ask to do it? Because we, a lot of us have a hard time asking for help. And I read somewhere that, you know, if you have family members that are, they really want to help you, but you don't really want them to do certain things or pick stuff out, then you find a task that you don't really want to do mm-hmm. that they'd be happy to do and let them do that. Let them take it off your plate. Ah. Yes. And you can have heartfelt discussions with people and compassionate discussions with people about, you know, hey, I really actually want to be able to pick XYZ out myself, but there's this other thing over here that I would really love your help with. And mm-hmm. when you come at it like that, it's a lot more pleasing to the ear you know, and not getting all bridezilla about it. If you're, if you're making your requests in a kind and compassionate way, people are a lot more willing to help and help the way you want the help. Because that's one thing that is hard for people is that you're, you're getting all this stuff thrown at you and people do want to help you, but it's like, oh, I'm going to pick out your flowers for you, or I'm going to help you with (laughs) the linens. And I like, I love bright red, even though you said your (laughs) color scheme was navy and gold, you know, like, so if you can just kind of remember in those moments, the self-care aspect, it'll be easier Mm -hmm. for you to speak up for yourself and let people know, you know, I actually really want it to be this way. But there's this other thing over here that I could really use your help with and even share you your love your opinions on. Mm -hmm. And um, it also makes them feel good because then they still get to help. Yeah. And so that I think that's a really great place to start is just just starting to learn how to take care of yourself better. Well, I think I think that's a great also a great lesson for when you talk about planning the marriage and work making a marriage work is you have to you know it's the the saying put your own oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you are in a good place so that you can interact well and and actually I love your idea about asking someone for help about something you don't really care about mm-hmm. because that can be great a great thing for a couple to do um, I've found out that my wife does not like me helping her with when she's putting Legos together she <laughs> likes to do it herself so I <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will I will hang out over here. You you make your house over there. That's good. Um but it is in in that compromise and finding things where 
you each have your passions and you each have your things that you want to do. And so you engage each other in that way. And it's more constructive and you get the support and you feel engaged with each other in those good ways. Yes. And I, I also feel like as far as the couple is concerned, that there should be regularly scheduled time where you spend time together, but you don't talk about the wedding. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean you have to talk about your marriage, but the wedding is off the table. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. If it's if it's causing stress, that's like having it's like having a sunburn and coming up and slapping it. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> and even if it's even if it's re- relatively low stress, you still want to have some time where you're not talking about this one thing all the time. Because another thing that I've heard of is sort of like a wedding hangover, where mm-hmm. the wedding is over, you're married, everyone has gone home. And you have gotten so used to pouring all of your energy and attention into the wedding. Once it's over, you honestly don't know what to do with yourself. You don't have anything left to pour your energy into. And that kind of sets, uh, sort of gets your marriage started off sort of in a depressing way because you're sad about it being over. I kind of liken it to when you look forward to Christmas and then Mm -hmm. Christmas is over and you got to wait a whole extra year, except for with a wedding, it hopefully is just one time, (laughs) you know? And um, so it's, if you keep up with spending time together and not talking about the wedding, then when the wedding is over, you have that ability, you know, it's, it's almost like a, you've built it in. And so once the wedding is gone, You'll find something else to to fill your time with. Everybody's busy, but Mm -hmm. you won't have that feeling of, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do with myself because I spent every spare second that I had focusing on this Mm -hmm. thing that's now over. Yeah. And you're creating a structure that will last for, to support the marriage. So it's, it's like creating a a scaffolding or something like that. So Mm -hmm. it's almost, I, when you were, when you were saying almost like Christmas, to me, it almost sounded like a postpartum depression type of thing where you have these mothers who are, have, you know, their pregnancy. And then once the baby's born and they have a postpartum depression and people don't understand, it's, it's just such a massive change. And Mm -hmm. the, the act of getting married is not un I don't want to I'm going to get some comments on this one. It's not <laughs> unlike a birth in that it's a long build up and then a big event and then mm-hmm. a commitment for the rest of your life so to speak. That's true. I think it's very similar. Okay, cool. So I've got your approval. You're a mom. All right, I'm off the hook. Cool. <laughs> I have all these comments yeah. like, you're a guy. What do you know? I know. I know. I, I promise I do. No, it, it you know, it, there's no there's no physical all that stuff is not part of the mm-hmm. wedding, but there's a lot of mental stuff that goes into it. And I, I yeah. agree with you also because I loved the attention that I got when I was pregnant. I loved it. And mm-hmm. then when, after the baby comes, the baby gets all the attention. Yeah. And nobody even looks at you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, I don't, you know, I was lucky enough to not have postpartum depression um, after either one of our girls, but I did after our first one, when we got home from the hospital, my mother-in-law just happened to, we just had it work out perfectly where she ended up flying in the day that we got home from the hospital. And that was just a coincidence because our daughter came three days early and she was scheduled mm-hmm. to fly in on the due date. So by the time she flew in, we were home from the hospital. And uh, okay. she, so my husband brought us home and then went to the airport to get her. And then she came in and I was sitting on our bed and she came in to give me a hug and I just burst into tears. And she was like, what's the matter? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, you know, maybe it was part of that, like that thing that I had been doing for nine months and, and, and enjoying was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared for that. I, I think there's something to that too, you know, that just all this time you spent, spend getting ready for the thing and the thing mm-hmm. itself doesn't actually last that long. And so when you're pregnant, you do spend a good amount of time, I hope, preparing for how you actually take care of the baby. (laughs) But fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah, In that same vein, I don't think that couples spend very much time preparing to nurture their marriage. So it's kind of they are very similar, but they're looked at very differently. Yeah. Now, and I want in, in kind of in the same vein, I know that you had said that you have done some planning and some work to kind of help couples through this, because especially right now, I mean, always, but especially right now during all of this, this pandemic and this crisis and the quarantine, it's creating even more stress. And especially for those couples who are stuck together, you know, trying to plan this, the, the levels have gone from, you know, zero to not even 10. It broke the meter. It's at 20, it's at 30 right now. <laughs> Yes. So if- um, I, I can't tell you how many people I've heard say things like, I just want to kill my husband. or I just want to kill my wife. And I, I even heard that the divorce rate spiked when quarantine mm-hmm. first started, which I don't know if that's true. But if it is true, it doesn't, it's not surprising. Because yeah. something that quarantine is doing for us all is having us really examine our relationships if we live with someone. Yes. And not just with a romantic partner, but all relationships. Anybody you live with, your relationship is being heavily examined right now, whether you want yes. it to be or not. And you can't yeah, escape it. You can't you can't go out and go to eat go out to eat by yourself or with friends. You can't go to a movie. You can't do any of that. You have to sit with the awkwardness of whatever issue you haven't <laughs> dealt with needs to be dealt with. And mm-hmm. if it's an engaged couple, I don't think there's as many skeletons in the closet or issues that have been swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. So, But it's hard to go from being fairly independent, having your own job, having your own space to suddenly being locked up together. And I think it's really important that people, there's a few s- small things that people can do. And I talk about this a lot in social media and um, in my emails and on my blog that if you just do these simple things, the rest of it mm-hmm. becomes a lot easier. And one of the things, honestly, is just be nice. That I know that sounds so simple of like, well, duh, be nice. But a lot of people aren't thinking that way. They're thinking, you're so annoying. And I wish yeah. I could get away from you. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and that's not nice, you know? And, and I think right. the other thing that people don't think about is that when you're annoyed with your spouse, fiance, partner, they are not, whatever you're annoyed at them for, they're not doing it to annoy you. They're stuck too. And you're probably Mm. also getting on their nerves. Mm. And so if you can approach all of your interactions with some level of compassion and you're in each other's shoes right now, when people talk about being in someone else's shoes and experiencing their Mm. experience, that's what's happening right now because you're both stuck and you both can't go anywhere and maybe, you know, there are some exceptions. There are the people in healthcare who are still going to work. Sure. And so you don't have that same stuckness. But for the people who either are working from home or maybe even lost their jobs and they're stuck at home, there's this new thing that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you might only be used to seeing your partner for a couple of hours a day and now you're together 24 mm-hmm. seven. That's not, that's not easy. <laughs> it's not, no, it, it isn't. And even, even for couples who've been together for, for years and years, it's not easy. And so maybe that's yeah. something I know that you said, that's something that you're trying to communicate to these couples who are engaged and they're starting to wonder that, oh, maybe we aren't compatible that no, this mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't the normal time. This isn't, a, no, this is no one's usual. Right. Yeah. I don't want people to take a look at their entire relationship based on what's happening right now Mm -hmm. and make grand assumptions based on this temporary thing. So (laughs) I, I get it that it's hard. It is, it is hard. Um, I, my husband and I are, are fortunate enough that we have been working from home together for the better part of the last six years or so. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that I can speak to from experience on top of the experience of marriage is that there are ways to make it work Mm. and not just get through it, but to enjoy it. And so we have our own space where we work. If one of us needs to go get some fresh air, go run an errand alone, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get offended when the other person needs space because another thing that I saw was people expecting being stuck at home together to be sort of like a romantic vacation. <laughs> no. And then, and you're like, where's all the food? Where's all the toilet paper? Why are you so annoying? And, and it's like a reality check. And so it, it's just, that's just another layer of expectation that didn't get met on top of being stuck at home. And so I think that is scaring people. Like if we can't make it through this, mm-hmm. you know, what can we, like we can't do anything. And so I just, this is, we're, we're being put under a lot of pressure right now by what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's important to be intentional with your actions and your words, especially when you're stuck at home together. But if you need to, have some time to yourself, step outside, lock yourself in a closet <laughs> or the bathroom. If you, if you have kids, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to the bathroom, you have to lock the door, you know, it, oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just a given. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, do what you need to, to get space, but also don't be offended when your person needs space as well. Right. Because you can't spend every minute together. And if you try to, it's miserable. The flexibility and the creativity, mm-hmm. it's very important. Yeah. Now, are those two things that feature in the the quarantine survival guide that you put together? Yes. And that is uh, still on my website and it's totally free. Awesome. And it's just a quick guide of how to make this thing work. And if you even if you don't do all of them, even if you only do a couple of them, I would say if you only did one, the be nice is mm-hmm. <laughs> number one. Just, <laughs> just be nice. Yeah. And, but the rest of them are really good too. And if you can incorporate them into your day, you'll start to see a shift. If things are if things are hard. I know my, my brother and his wife, they're having a great time and I, I'm really happy about that. They're and I think I think they already have that understanding of space and enjoying each other's company that they they don't normally get to have Mm -hmm. and so there's there's also that too like just being thankful that you do get this extra time with with your partner because this isn't hopefully gonna happen again you know yeah so we're given we're given this time and it's a it's a good time to really figure some things out because 
once it's over, it might, you know, it might be mm-hmm. over for good. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense is try to try to reframe it. And that's what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about reframing the perspective of of this entire experience in that hindsight, we'll look back and say, at least we got these family times together. At least we got these mm-hmm. times to to reflect on things, to slow down and reevaluate. Instead of the go, go, go that we were used to, we had this time where everything shut down. We said, wow, I can think, I can breathe, I have space. And so to, even if you're, whatever you're doing right now, if you have kids who are driving you crazy, to think, yeah, but at least we're not in the rat race that we usually are. And trying to reframe that and take that perspective now to engage that hindsight to have some gratitude so that it's not just all of the the being upset about everything. And we had said earlier that, you know, we have these couples, these brides who are upset about the wedding and comparing it to trying not to feel bad about it because they're comparing it to some of the the emotional crisis that's happening with people who have family who's going through the, the coronavirus, but that it's okay mm-hmm. to be upset because this is not a normal situation and you have put so much emotional investment into planning your wedding, into planning the celebration. And so it is, it's okay to have those feelings. It's don't feel bad about feeling your feelings. Oh yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've said that to people recently because the normal idea is I just feel so bad about my wedding having to be moved. I'm so sad about this, but how dare I be sad when so many other bigger things are going on in the world and I'm Mm. just worried about my little me and my wedding. And I think, yes, it's okay to be concerned about what's happening in the world, but it's also perfectly okay to be concerned about what's going on in your own world. Because if you don't let those emotions out, it's like trying to hold a beach ball under the water, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite analogies because it will <laughs> pop up in your face. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really good one. I like that. Yeah, it's just you gotta you gotta let it out. You gotta let yourself be upset, and the the more you do it, the less you try to hold it down, the faster you'll get through it. I've I've seen a lot of brides recently who have gone from being devastated to suddenly being excited again because they got their new date and they got their vendors together and everything is back in order again. And it gives them this sense of almost like a sense of control because it feels mm-hmm. like so much is out of your control right now. Yeah. And so once they accept that their wedding has to be moved, they grieve over their original date, and then they move forward, and then they feel so much better. And in fact, I've seen where great things have come out of having the wedding have to be rescheduled, where that wouldn't have happened, this amazing thing wouldn't have happened for them if they had had their original date. So there's there's always a silver lining. You might not know what it is yet. But there's always something there that maybe after the fact, you know, the looking back on it saying it was a blessing in disguise, you might not see it until afterwards, but mm-hmm. you can be looking for it now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of taking that and reframing it in that way, it it can help, like you said, deflate the, did you say deflate the beach ball or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, that's, that's really good. You know, deflate that beach ball and put it away. <laughs> Put it in the beach bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like it. Put it in the beach bag. That's perfect. Yeah. Now, that might have to be the title <laughs> of this episode. I like it. But yeah, just you have to accept that everything is worth examining and processing and, and being okay with that. And then you've also created this ebook 
to kind of help brides accept that too. Yeah, because there are a lot of elements to this. So having all of this stuff happen kind of puts a microscope on what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. So if you happen to be super focused on your wedding and then something out of your control happens and your wedding has to be moved or changed in some way, you go from feeling like you are in control to feeling like you have no control whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not necessarily anyone's fault that the focus there's so much focus put on the the wedding itself there's just not enough of a conversation happening about how to also focus on the marriage at the same time and so there's certain things that they could try now that you know things have just blown up in their face Mm -hmm. unexpectedly it's a good time with the extra time you get however many months you've had to push your wedding out now you can Focus more on your marriage because most cases, the planning doesn't have to start all over from zero for everything. Right. So you have some things that all you're doing is changing the date. You have other things that, you know, maybe if you're going from a spring wedding to a fall wedding, you might need to change your flowers or maybe even your colors on some things. But most of the time, there's some things that don't actually really have to be changed. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you extra time to shift your focus and you can spend more time talking to your fiance about how you want your life to look together. And when I say plan your marriage, I'm not talking about checking off boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, because when you're planning your wedding, that's what you're doing. You're checking off boxes. They're great boxes, but Mm -hmm. you're checking them off as you go. So what I'm talking about is just having these conversations about where you might want to live together, what careers might you want to pursue and how can you support each other in that? Do you want to have kids? Do you not want to have kids? Hopefully you've had at least one of those conversations about kids before you get engaged. Um, But just sort of these ideas around your relationship that don't necessarily have to fall in place with what society says you need to do. So this is an opportunity to to do that. If you have a crazy dream or if you want to go move across the country, just do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, people have different reasons for not doing things or playing small because of what other people are going to think. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter what other people think as long as the two of you are on the same page about whatever it is. Exactly. And, you know, you can be the crazy ones. I like that we're the crazy ones. <laughs> You know, it's, it's fun. And I don't discount what anyone else chooses to do. But I really enjoy that we have made our own choices based on what we want and how we want to live. And so there's that there's just this sort of dreaming about what your life will be like together, and then seeing what pieces you can put into place right away. Yeah. And then there's also, this is one of the hardest things I think for brides especially is learning detachment Mm -hmm. because what I'm saying is, yeah, plan your wedding. Um, but don't be upset if it has to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's a really hard one. And unfortunately a lot of them have just been thrown into it. Yeah. And they didn't get a chance to become detached. They're being forced to become detached because of what's happened. But if there was some element of detachment to begin with, it wouldn't feel so hard now. Mm -hmm. And so 
I want brides to know, go ahead and reschedule, replan what needs to be replanned. And this doesn't mean expect the worst. Right. You should expect the best, Mm -hmm. but you should just know if anything in this doesn't go my way, I will still be okay. I am not my wedding. Exactly. That that phrase encapsulates all of that. That was what going through my head. I'm so glad you said it. You are not your wedding. Yeah. Even your marriage is not your wedding. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but maybe that's almost almost a mantra that you could use to to try and create that detachment and try and create that that distance as much as you want to enjoy the wedding and the celebration of the commitment that you're making to each other, the wedding itself isn't the the do or die. The wedding itself isn't the culmination of the commitment that you're making. Your lives together are that culmination of that. Yes. And that brings me to something that I think about sometimes, which is when people say that their weddings are going to be the best day of their lives. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make people feel bad. <laughs> but if you are starting your life together and day one is the best day ever. What are, what are the rest of the days they'd have, you know, they don't, they can't live up to day number one. Right. And if that's the best day of your life, you just don't really have room for any other day to be the best day of your life. It could be a great day. I think it's a, amazing, super awesome kickoff to your epic love story. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it should be called the best day of your life because it's over in one day and then you still have an entire life to live. And that's basically saying it's all downhill from here. Yeah. And that's not a great way to go into your marriage with that expectation. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's meaningful, but it's it shouldn't be the ultimate day of your life. (laughs) Yeah. And um Another, I would say, tough thing to swallow is taking some responsibility for where you are. Mm-hmm. So it and and you can split that up into two sections. So your response ability is your ability to respond. Mm-hmm. And so, no coronavirus is no one's fault. It's just a thing that we're all dealing with. So it's not your fault that this thing happened and you have to reschedule. But what are you going to do now? You know, the, so there's there's this level of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Of, okay, this thing happened. I can't control it. What can I do? And I don't expect anyone to be there instantly mm-hmm. because you need that time to be able to grieve what was, grieve the changes, let your emotions out. But then once you're feeling ready to move forward and your emotions have passed, you know, you deflated the beach ball, mm-hmm. um, then you can start to think, okay, what what am I able to do now? And a lot of times that is to begin the planning again with the vendors that you have to move around or whatever you have to do to get your wedding back on track. But also what you can do is, you know, talking about what you want, what you want your lives to be like together, what we were talking about before. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really good time to do that. And then you can even have the tougher conversations of like, what are we going to do when we aren't in agreement over something? Are we going to mm-hmm. have a game plan for that? Are we going to walk away and come back to it later? Or discussing even your the way you like to communicate? Yes. A lot of times they're not easy discussions to have, but if you have had a an argument before, and let's just give an example for me and my husband, I want to talk it out 
all the way. I want to talk, 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 talk. And he doesn't want to talk at all. Mm -hmm. And from from my perspective before, it would have been like, I don't understand how we're going to figure this out if if you don't want to talk. But I was talking too much. (laughs) (laughs) And I finally figured that out for myself is because I, you know, you kind of take a step back and you think, okay, when we have an argument, a disagreement, what's our pattern? Mm -hmm. Does, does she just, you know, talk, 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 talk. And he just gets quiet and looks down at the ground or is it the other way around? Do you find yourself saying some not so nice things when you're upset? Things that you don't mean that you're going to regret later? If you can take a step back and, and take a look at what you do when you're in those moments, you can start to either make adjustments if adjustments need to be made, or you can at least know, okay, when we get like this, I'm usually feeling this way. You're usually feeling this way. What can we do to come together faster or more easily to where we can get to a place where we can communicate? Mm-hmm. So there's there's that side of it too. That's that's not as fun to do, but if, but <laughs> this is all stuff that you want to do in pre- preparation for when it comes. Because if you're not prepared when the tough times come, it's a lot harder. And I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but there are going to be tough times. Yes. You know, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be low moments. And if you don't have, say, a, a toolbox mm-hmm. of how to fix it or get through it, it's a lot harder. It takes a lot longer. And so all of this stuff about mm. the dreaming together part, that's the super fun part. Yeah. But sprinkle in some moments if you can about, okay, what are we going to do if this happens? Or yeah. what are we going to do when we bump up against this? Or, you know, even even very specific things. Like, how do you want to handle it when this relative starts doing this thing they always do, <laughs> which triggers me? Mm. And I will need your help. You know, like that that sort of thing. Like, have a, have a game plan and... Mm-hmm. You can, you know, and you can make a date night out of it too. You you can, um, I'll have that on my website and they can download, listeners can download this uh, 10 date night questions mm-hmm. of how you want your life to look like together. So it's just a, some fun questions, a couple of heavier questions, and mm-hmm. you can make a date night out of it. You can sit on the couch with your takeout and, <laughs> you know, light a candle, put on some music and you can talk about these things. And I've, I've seen some other people do it. And they said that it's led to other conversations that have been really fun and enriching. So it's just a fun way to, to get those conversations started. Even if you don't get through all of the questions, you're, you're having sort of like these prompts to Mm -hmm. talk about stuff for your future. That's great. That is that is such an awesome idea to take this time and to make it into something that will be pay off dividends throughout the rest of your lives. And and you are you are so right that you're creating this laying the groundwork and creating blueprints for the tools to help you through the rest of your lives because the last thing you want to do is during a hard time try to have to develop the tools to deal with the hard time while you're going through it. Yeah, that's when people feel like they're having problems and that's mm-hmm. when they feel like they're growing apart and that's what mm-hmm. causes divorce a lot of times is because people think, "Oh, well we just we're different now and mm-hmm. we don't get along anymore." Um because it really was just a lack of preparation for when the tough times came or, you know, e- there's some things that you you can't prepare for necessarily, but if you mm-hmm. have these tools of how you will respond 
in difficulty, you'll be more prepared, you'll be further down the road than you would be if you just get confronted with something and you have no idea how you want to handle it together. Exactly. So fill your toolbox with tools now so you can use them later on. Yes. All kinds of different tools. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. For every every situation. And Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very important. I love your insight. I love your perspective and your background. It's been so awesome talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I'm so glad. So where can our listeners follow you online and learn more about your journey and what you do? So my website is a mindfulbride.co. It's .co. Okay. And Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. It's at a mindfulbride.co also to make it easier. Awesome. I'm also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But Instagram is, is where I really like to hang out. Cool. So we will link both of those in our show notes so folks can come and follow you. And so something that we ask all of our guests is right now, and it seems funny given everything going on, but right now, what's bringing you some joy in your life? Fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> I So the, the park where we take our kids, you know, it's Southern California. So right now the weather is just beautiful. We sit under a shady tree on a blanket and the girls play together and there's always a nice breeze rolling through and birds chirping and I just love it. It sounds idyllic. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash your I do crew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get married. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.